Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. About midway through his treatise on controlling anger, Cicero is going to advise us to try to cultivate a particular emotional comportment or disposition. It's one that in Greek is eukolia, and it can be translated as it typically is, as cheerfulness, but also as contentment. Also by this word that we don't use all that often, affability, this sense of being cool, we could say, with other people. Not cool as in like, I'm too cool for you or anything like that, but being decent, being nice, being, you know, engaging with them, but not, you know, overly so. Just being willing to smile, to chat, to be of good cheer with them. And he tells us in the first instance that we should receive or accept decomai are friends with cheerfulness, eukolia. And then he talks about two other things as well in there. Laughter, gelos. And so, you know, we should be willing to joke around and have fun. And what we could translate as friendliness or a friendly disposition, philophrosune. So philos is the, the, you know, the word that we get friendship from. Philane means to feel affection like that of friendship. And the Frosune is sort of bringing up the, we could say, or sort of friendly mindset towards them. And here he's talking about three things that kind of go together. And he will also talk about laughter and joking around a little bit later, telling us that, you know, we need to be a little bit careful in this so that he says we should allow no place to anger, even in jest, even in joking around with other people, because that brings enmity or hatred in where friendliness was. So, you know, we want to try to be friendly or cheerful with the people that we are indeed viewing as friends, whether they're close friends or, you know, what we could call work friends or friends in social media. And then a little bit after that, in the discussion of food, he's going to bring up cheerfulness again. And he's going to say that we must accustom ourselves to make cheerful use of any kind of table utensils and not to prefer this service to that as some men do who select one goblet or horn out of the many they have and will drink from no other, right? And so we shouldn't be overly particular. If we have to eat off of paper plates and with red solo cups, that's fine. We can have a good meal and we can be cheerful even in cases like that. And if we're being served things on very fine china with crystal, that's nice too. But we don't have to be too worried or concerned to have just the right sorts of things. You know, we could have mismatched silverware. That's fine if you're cheerful. And I think we could generalize this away from the table to all sorts of other things. Your laptop is not working perfectly the way that it was when you first purchased it. 
said, well, you know, you probably need to do a tune-up, but until then, you don't need to get angry about it. Clothing as well. Maybe you grew a little bit too large for it and it's confining. You can still be cheerful in using it. Your tie has perhaps gone out of fashion. Well, you know, that's not that big of a deal. One can have eucolia or cheerfulness with regard to any of the things that one is working with. And you should probably expect things to not go entirely your way so you can, in fact, be cheerful. A little bit later, he says something really quite interesting. He's saying, if we can do this with some things, then we can do this with people of some sort. And if we can do it with those people, we can also do it with these other people. So he's drawing some inferences, almost like setting us up in a scale with gradations. He talks about a cheerful attitude, eukulia again, towards things, prosta pragmata. So this is a very wide range of stuff. It could be physical objects, like, you know, does the book open to the right page? Does the book have what I want in it? The blackboard, does it cooperate with me or does it squeak when I run the chalk over it, right? So those are physical things. We could also extend it to affairs, to things that we're doing or involved in or that are affecting us. We can be angry or we can be cheerful with respect to those. Now, he says that if we can do that in relation to things, then we can do that in relation to or pros oiketas, that is, those who we're in the household with and those who are subject to us, the household servants. And again, here we might think of technology because not too many of us actually have household servants. But when I get the vacuum out to start vacuuming around, do I get angry at the vacuum for not doing what it is that I want it to do? Or do I cheerfully, you know, whistle while I work <laughs> could say, right? And if, you know, I get to the end of the cord, I can say, oh, well, I need to unplug it and plug it back in over here. This attitude is up to me. But if we do have servants or people, other people in our household, then if we can be cheerful towards things. Why can't we be cheerful towards them as well? And then he goes on and says, if to servants or slaves, a person who's cheerful will evidently be so to his friends. Uh, a very important preoccupation here for Plutarch and how we deal with the people that we claim to be friends with. He says, hoti kai pros philus. Well, also with respect to friends. And then most importantly, to those who are subject to our rule, so to speak. Pros archomenos. So archen is to rule. Archomenos, it would be the people who are being ruled over. Ruled over by who? By us the people who should be cheerful with them. So if we have employees, if we have contractors, if we have suppliers, if we have delivery people, if we're at a restaurant and we have a server or the cook, uh, we want them to do things exactly our way. We can instead be cheerful about stuff. If a steak comes out and it's not perfectly medium, well, maybe that's not that big of a deal. It doesn't necessarily have to go back to the, uh, the cook and tick them off as having been a grill cook before, I can tell you that most grill cooks don't really like that. So we can, we can go on from there. So there's this interesting three-part progression, things, servants, then friends, and, and those one rules. The last thing that he brings up in terms of uh, cheerfulness is a kind of 
listing an exhortation on his part. He says, a cheerful disposition, eucholia, in some circumstances is helpful or literally comes to our aid, boethe, which means to come to one's aid like in warfare, right? So it, it comes to our aid in dealing with anger. It adorns epikosme. So this is coming from the word cosmos, which means something like order, beauty, right? So it doesn't just adorn, but it adorns well or beautifully or in an orderly manner, right? And then it makes pleasant, Sun edune, right? And this is coming from hedus, pleasure or the pleasant. So it makes the person who has this cheerfulness pleasant to others, which means that it's, it's not only good for removing their own anger or substituting for their anger, it's also going to hopefully conduce to other people being less angry in the situations that they're in. And he follows this up by saying, by its gentleness, praoteti, in this case, this is praotes, the disposition of calmness, mildness, good temper, gentleness. We can translate it in a lot of ways. He says that it overcomes anger, thumos, and moroseness, duscolias. Now it should overcome duscolias because it is eukolia, right? So the kolia part can either be eu, good, or it can be deus, bad, right? Or uncomfortable or however you want to translate it. So by cultivating an attitude of cheerfulness, of not taking things over overly seriously, of trying to look on the better or good side of matters and affairs, you can really do a lot to cut off anger, not only in yourself, but in other people. And he gives a few interesting examples that we'll close with. So he says, Euclides, when his brother said to him after a quarrel, damned if I don't get even with you, right? So there's the revenge aspect of anger. Euclides answered, as for me, may I be damned if I don't convince you, right? So he's not responding to anger with anger. Polemon, when a man who is fond of precious stones and quite mad about expensive seal rings reviled him. So he's saying bad stuff to him. Made no answer, but he fixed his gaze on one of the rings and eyed it closely. The man accordingly was pleased. So he changes his disposition and said to him, don't look at it in this light, Polemon, but under the sun's rays and it will appear to you far more beautiful. Aristippus, when anger had arisen between him and Eschines, these are two Socratic students, right? And someone said, where now Aristippus is the friendship of you two? Replied, it is a Sleep, but I shall awaken it. And going to Eschines, he said, do I appear to you so utterly unfortunate and incurable as not to receive correction from you? And Eschines says, no wonder if you who are naturally superior to me in all things should in this matter also have discerned before I did the right thing to do. So he's talking about cases where people have deliberately adopted a response different than anger, a response that treats the other as, you know, somebody who's an object of friendship or of a benign disposition. And so cheerfulness can really do quite a lot, according to Plutarch, in helping us to rein in and control our emotion of anger. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. 
Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.